This is LAC Online Church in Perry, Ohio. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeErieChurch.com. Now here's today's message. Joshua chapter 1, verse 11. Would you stand with me, please, as we read God's Word? We're going to read 11 verses of Scripture. They'll be on the screen if you don't have a Bible or a device with you. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I am giving them. Don't lose that. The time has come for you to lead these people across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you. From the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything that you do. So if you want to be successful, what he says is, Obey everything that is written in the book and don't deviate from it. Then you will be successful, he said, in everything that you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Verse 9, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, Go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days you will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land that your Lord God is giving you. You may be seated. If you were here last week or you watched online last week, you know that we talked about this idea of the narrative in Exodus is that God rescues the people out of their former lives and puts them on a journey and on a pathway that will deliver them to the land that He promised. We talked about the heritage of that promise, that it, it extended all the way back to Abraham, but more specifically to Jacob. When Jacob went down to Israel, down to Egypt after Joseph 
was revealed to still be alive and God spoke to him at Bethel and said, I'm taking you to Egypt. You will see your son there, but I promise you, I'm going to bring you out. 430 years later, on the night of the Passover, when the death angel passed through Egypt, that night God delivered the children of Israel. And they marched out. We talked about the fact last week that there were possibly as many as 2 million people that walked out of Egypt that night. And how that they transversed through the wilderness with only the promise of God. Now the main point last week was that in order for us to inherit the promise of God, we have to get Egypt out of us. That you can't live in the land of promise if you're still living like you used to live in your former life. That in order for you to enjoy the blessings of God, you have to get Egypt out of you. And we talk very specifically about getting sin out of our lives. How easily the enemy just subtly moves in and we begin doing and saying and being things that we would never have been before. And so when we wonder why we're not living in the destiny that God has for us, we come to the reality that we've allowed this world to get inside of us. And this world has begun to shape the way that we think and the way that we live. And instead of living by God's word, we're living by what the narrative of the world is. That we should do whatever feels good to us. That our convictions override what God says. And when that happens, we don't live in the destiny God has. We suffer the calamity of our own choice. And so to live there, we have to get sin out of our lives. We have to rededicate ourselves to the Lord. And when we do that, God says, I will deliver you to the land of promise. Now, remember what I said last week. It would have only taken them 11 days to have land, led, left the land of Goshen and arrived in the promised land. But instead, it took 40 years. Because it took that long for God to get Egypt out of them. For them to understand that they were not formally who they were. But that they in fact are now a people of God. And that God had a purpose and a destiny. And I'm saying to some of you here this morning. Those of you watching me online. That God wants you to live in the purpose and the destiny that he has ordained for you. But until you come God's way. Until you give your life completely to God. You will never embrace or experience what God has for you. You'll continue to wander around in your wilderness suffering through the calamities that you go through that are the result of the choices that you make in your life. And if you want to live in God's destiny, if you want to live in God's purpose, you have to do it God's way. There is no other way that you'll be able to do it. Now we talked about this fact that when I think about this, when I look at this, I saw it in two different windows. That first window last week was about you and me. And what we have to do individually to line ourselves up with God's plan and be the people God wants us to be. But there's another side of this that I see and that is how we as a collective community of faith, and that's what we are. All of the individuals that make up Lake Erie Church, we make one community of faith and God deals with us as that community at times and he wants this church, he wants us as a body to be the church that he wants us to be and he wants us to live in the destiny and the purpose 
that God has for us. And so when I started thinking about this some time ago, I started thinking about the connections. So the children of Israel came out and lived in that wilderness for 40 years and they were surrounded by the miracles of God, weren't they? Because the story says that they had manna that fell every day like fresh snow or dew on the ground and they were able to eat fresh bread every day because of the miracle of God. They had water to drink that came out of a rock and everybody got a drink. Now, let your mind start thinking about that. How big a rock and how much water do you have to get to give two million people the water that they need? What a miracle it was. They had God's presence with them, visible always to guide them and to direct them. The Bible said it was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. They never had to wonder about direction because all they had to do was look into the heavens and see the cloud. If the cloud was moving, they're to move. At night, God's pillar of fire was there and it was a protection from them against all of the obstacles and enemies that were out there in their life. Their clothes never wore out. Their shoes never wore out. And when they had enemies that tried to attack them, God defeated all of their enemies. They were given a tabernacle in that wilderness experience for the worship of God. There they prayed. They offered offerings to God. They saw the hand of God. And God's anointing was upon them. And then I thought, that's Lake Erie Church. Surrounded by the miracles of God, for almost six decades, this church has existed. Not because we have the smartest people. Not because we have affluent and wealthy people, but because God's miracles have surrounded us for almost 60 years. The hand of God has been upon us. The anointing of God has been upon us. We've had dedicated leaders. We've had good people. And we've tried to stay focused on what God wanted us to do. And because of that, God has preserved this church in a season when churches are closing all over the world. God has preserved this church because there is a destiny. There is a purpose for which God has raised this church up in this community. And by the grace of God, we must experience that. Amen. Now I wasn't here. Some of you were. We started out with a small group of people and a whole lot of faith. And that was about it. We've had 13 pastors during that time. We've worshipped in four or five separate locations. And we're still His church. And God is not finished with us. There is a mission and there is a cause. But here's the question. What does that future look like? When you stand in this place and you look forward, what does that future look like? At the end of this passage, when when Joshua sent the commanders out and said, tell the people, In three days you'll cross that Jordan River and you will take possession of the land that God is going to give you. Do you realize they were camped on that side of the Jordan River? Now, the Jordan River was not huge. It wasn't like the mighty Mississippi River. It wasn't that big a river. It was a smaller river. But from where they stood, they could see the promised land out there. They could see across the river. That night when they went to bed,
bed. They went to bed knowing that just over there is the future that God has prepared for us. And, and they had to wonder, what will life be like over there? What's it going to be like to live in that place? And that same question. It's before us today. What will it be like as a church to live in the destiny and the purpose that God has for our church? Because I will make no, no bones about it. We have a lot of big challenges that have to be responded to here at Lake Erie. We have big challenges. Your list may not be the same list as mine, but here are the top four. We have lost sons and daughters who need to come home. Anybody know somebody in your family that's lost that needs to come home? That's the challenge for our church. I wonder sometimes what it must be like to stand in a service like this and worship the Lord with your heart and know that your children are lost. No, if the rapture takes place, they're not going to make it in the rapture. There must be a burden that lives and waits on you every day. But I'm telling you, it is the mission of our church to see our sons and daughters come home to Jesus. God wants to do that. Here's another challenge. There's not one family or one individual from Antioch Road that attends this church. That gnaws at me every day that I drive on this property. If I come in from the, from the north, if I drive to my house the back roads, what I call the Dustin Vorse way, if I come around that way that Dustin taught me, and I come in, I drive all the way up Antioch Road, a mile and a half from that stop sign, and I go by house after house after house. And I realize that this church has not penetrated that neighborhood. We have not reached into that neighborhood. We have not found the people that are lost without God. But I'm telling you, God put us on this road for a reason. There's a reason why we're on this street. And God is calling us to take the gospel and win lost people on this street for the glory and the honor of God. There are people who will be lost in eternity. But about them it will be said, they lived within earshot, eyeshot of the Antioch Road Church. And I'm saying I want us to see, I want to see this church do that. Here's a third challenge. This community that we are in is addicted with addiction. We are afflicted with addiction. And it's not only the addict who needs Jesus. But it's the families and the children that are connected to those addicts. And God has called our church to be engaged in strategic ways to love and support and minister to those families that are addicted. I visit them in our jails and I worry over their children. I worry. I worry over their families. I got a beautiful letter this week from Amber Doherty who's incarcerated, asking that I continue to pray for her. And as I read Amber's letter, I was reminded that that's what God has called this church to be. He has called us to be a lifeline to people whose lives had taken them down roads that have delivered them in circumstances from which they need God's grace and power to be delivered. But I'm telling somebody in this house today, there is a power from God that can set you free from drugs, that can set you free from your addiction, that can turn you into the person that God has always believed that you could be for His glory. Somebody praise the Lord with me in this house. There is power to overcome the addictions. 
Here's a fourth challenge that we face. We are losing too many of our younger generation. There's too much gray hair in this church. And I'm not saying we all need to dye our hair. It is of concern to me. It's a concern of our staff. When we talk about the challenges ahead of us, we recognize that there are some changes and challenges that have to be adapted at Lake Erie if we're going to win a younger generation of people to Jesus Christ. And we have to accept that we must do that. If we don't win the younger generation of our community, one day if Jesus tarries, there won't be a church here. The saddest verse in the Bible is Judges 2.10 which says a generation arose that did not know the Lord and did not know what God had done for their fathers. We must win. We must take bold steps to win a younger generation. And that will make some of you uncomfortable so I'm just telling you right up front Get ready. Our mission is to win a younger generation to Jesus. We have to be a church with a gospel that reaches every dynamic, every demographic, every generation for the glory of God. So 17 months ago, Shelley and I accepted the assignment and the call of God to come to Lake Erie and be your pastor. We're not the only pastors you've ever had. You've had 13. Many of them far better communicators, far better leaders. But the reality is that now, N-O-W, now we are the pastor. And with that acceptance of responsibility comes the weight and responsibility. And I live with it every day that I am accountable to God for guiding this church to the purpose for which God has called it. And in case you think, which I don't think most of you do, but if, if there would be one outlier that thinks that Shelly and I don't take this lightly, you don't know us. Because we live with this church every day, 24-7. Did you hear Shelly that she just said amen right over the internet right there? At times she reminds me that this church is consuming us. And it's probably true. But here's the reason of that. It is our heart and our passion to build a great church at Lake Erie for, with you. And so the passage that I read to you this morning is personal. When God said, you must take this people to the land that I have promised them. So I want to lift up for you this morning out of this passage three things that I don't want us to forget. I'll do this as quickly as I can. But it is something that is so passionately a part of what I am that I feel like I need to get this off my chest. Here's the first one. If we're, gonna, if we're going to move to action to be the church God wants us to be and live in the promised land that God has ordained, we have to have the courage to lead and be led. Three times in, in, the, in the passage, Joshua is reminded, be strong and courageous. Verse 6, 
Verse 7, be strong and very courageous. This is my command to you. Verse 9, be strong and very courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We, we sometimes read the story of Moses at the burning bush and we pass over the fact that it completely freaked him out that God wanted him to do this. It's such an incredible and heavy weight and responsibility. And the reason God kept telling Joshua, don't be afraid, is because he knew Joshua was likely to be afraid. That in order to lead a great church, in order to lead a great people, to move two million people through the wilderness requires incredible courage to lead. I say it every week. I, when I coach pastors, when I teach seminars, I say it all the time that the biggest need for pastors in America is courage. Pastors need courage because they know what to do. They're just afraid to do it. Courage to lead and then courage to be led. You've heard me say this many times. We must build a culture of leadership at Lake Erie Church. A culture of leadership has to be established. That means that you have to learn how to lead yourself. And you must find a new passion. A new passion in your soul for ministry. You cannot sit on the sidelines anymore at Lake Erie. Well, there was two amens right there. Hey, this church is going somewhere. And if you want to go with us, you can't sit on the sidelines anymore. You can't just slip in and, and drink of the worship and the experience and think that you can't be a part of this. If you're going to be a part of who we are, you've got to get ready to lead. You've got to get ready to move. You've got to get ready to be involved in what God is doing. The time is short. Jesus is coming. Our families are lost. This is the time for us to lead. You say, well, we're waiting on others to lead. Well, when you do that, you slow down the momentum of Lake Erie Church. When we give in to our insecurities and think that other people around us are more capable to lead, we slow down the momentum of Lake Erie Church. When we fail to step up and lead, when we have gifts to sing and teach and mentor and disciple and greet, but we don't use them, we slow down the momentum of Lake Erie Church. And some people say to me, well, pastor, I've already done that. Okay, and yet you're still here. You're still alive. There is no retirement from God's plan. Nobody gets to stop. We got to keep working until Jesus comes. Somebody says, well, I'm going to let other people have their turn. And when you do, you're the one that Jesus was talking about who hid his talent in the ground and Jesus called him unfaithful. When you say, I don't want to be out of worship service and I don't want to be back there while worship is going on, you're putting yourself and your interest before the work of God at Lake Erie Church. Everybody has to lead. Everybody has to get engaged. Everybody has to be involved. Now let me just say this to you. One of the staff members in our church reached out to me the other day with a word of encouragement. And at the end of that text message, that individual said to me, Pastor, we accept, we must accept that not everybody made it to the promised land. Not everybody got there. Some didn't get there because of their fear. Some did not get there because of their rebellion. Some did not make it because of their disobedience. Some did not make it because they lacked vision. But I'm telling you, it's time to leave Egypt behind. It's time to put the past behind us and step into the moment that God has called this church for. 
We once were slaves, but we're not slaves anymore. We once were sinners, but we're not sinners anymore. We once were another man's property, but we belong to God now. And this is our time. This is our moment to be the church that God has called us to be. There's a second thing. I don't know why I'm getting so excited, Jerome. I'm having trouble catching my breath. I don't know if it's because I'm fat or I'm excited. It's one of the two. I heard that amen, Shelly. Number two, there is a brave new world ahead of us. You know, the children of Israel had to constantly deal with this reality that all they had when they left Egypt was a promise. All they had was the promise that God was going to give them something. And he said to Joshua in verse 4, from the Negev wilderness in the south, to the Lebanon mountains in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. There's a map that will come up on the screen in a moment. You can see it. All of that land, all of that land belonged to the children of God. That's what I'm giving you. I'm giving you all of this land. It's yours. It's all going to be yours. It's your inheritance. All you have to do is take possession of it. I've already said it's yours. I've already given it to you. All you have to do is just accept it. And it caused me to think about this the other day that church going forward cannot and will not be like it once was. You know, I know the biggest change this church has gone through Maybe, maybe it's the biggest change that this church has gone through in the last 24 months was me. It was me. Because under a different pastor, you were on a different track, you were in a different direction. And all, the, all of a sudden, some super duper whooper whopper walks in and now here we go. And that kind of change is hard. And it's why you have to be patient well, I have to be patient. When I want to push and go, I have to remind myself. I, I said it to Shelly not long after we came to Lake Erie. It's not going to take weeks. It's not going to take months. It may take years to get where God is trying to take us. But church cannot and it will not be like it once was. And I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but we can't stay where we were. We're not in the... We're not in the wilderness no more. We're not in Egypt anymore. And though there are those around that say, I wish we could go back. I wish we could go back. There is no heart in me that wants to go back. I want to go forward. I want to embrace everything that God has ordained for us. There is a brand new world that's out there in front of us. You know, sometimes God allows things to happen to force you to do stuff you wouldn't do if he didn't force you to do it. So on the third Sunday of March, like every other church in America, we had to shut down. Or at least we had to close our in-person services. And then what do you do? Well, if you're Bill Isaacs, you get on the phone to Dustin Force and say, what are we going to do? And Dustin got on the phone to Jerome and said, Jerome, what are we going to do? Pastor wants to know what we're going to do. And so we all did what you should do. We called Josh Rios. 
When in trouble, call Josh. You know what Josh had? Josh had a camera. And he had a light pole. And he had a wireless microphone. And we decided that we would do church online. And Shane Jones can provide this to you. But from the moment that we went online, our reach began to go in places that we never dreamed that it could go. And God began to put in my heart this idea that we can be a church in many places. We don't have to have church in this. Listen, nobody agonizes more when we have to pause our services. The staff will tell you that. I agonize more than anybody else and nobody's more anxious to get back in the building because I love the atmosphere of us together. But we don't have to be in this church to be His church. We don't have to be in this building to be His church. God has given us a brand new world that we can preach the gospel wherever the gospel will take. And we don't have to be afraid. And God gave us Shane Jones with a heart and a passion with his wife Stephanie for social media. And the next thing you know, we're online. And we're doing online things. And we're learning how to make it work. And we're learning from other people. And they're going to school. And they're taking classes online. And they're watching videos. And every week it got better and better and better because we were learning that God was giving us an opportunity. And we felt the weight and the responsibility. And now as we're coming back to our building, what God seems to be doing is blowing open the doors and allowing us to reach people with the gospel message that we would never have reached in this building. This LEC online church is now a progressive outreach of the gospel beyond our four walls. And as I wrote this this week, I realized how true this statement is. In the past, we valued our live stream, but it was not in the front of our minds. It was important to some of our people, but not most. But now, it must become important to all of our people. We must be a church that is 100% in person and 100% online. We must be a church that takes the gospel wherever the gospel can go for the glory and the honor of God. Which led me back in October and November to try to listen carefully as God began to put three words in my head. Great big offering. A great big offering would be the momentum that would drive LEC online. And the vision to be a church beyond the place. I remember Karen Masaccio in an elders meeting when we were all gathered with our companions. And she talked about the dream of a church that was a church to all nations. That she had heard that from her parents. She had heard that God had promised LEC it would be a church for all nations. And sometimes I sit around and realize that what God is doing in this generation is what he promised the other generation. I will bless you. I will bless your children. I will bless your children's children. And I will give you the promises that I have made. There is a brand new world ahead of us. Next slide, Caleb. I want to introduce you to some folks. In the top left-hand corner is Jonathan and Daniela Augustine. Now, you've been praying for them for a while. Daniela has a very, very difficult cancer diagnosis. She'll begin chemo this next month, I believe. And we need God to touch Daniela. But they are missionaries to Central Europe. Daniela's from Bulgaria. They presently live in Birmingham, England. She teaches as a professor there. But they have responsibility for about 12 nations 
that they work in. I've traveled in several of them. I know what God is doing through their work in Poland. I know what God is doing in their work in Bulgaria. I've been to where God is working in Debrecen, Hungary. And I know that God is using this couple and we are partnering with them. And wherever they go, Lake Erie Church is going. Wherever God is leading them, by your extension, by the offerings that you give, the money that you've given, we're helping the gospel to go forward in Central Europe. On the right-hand side, the larger picture is Judd and Elizabeth Malapart. They're probably watching right now. This young couple has gone to Ogden, Utah, actually just outside of Ogden in Roy, Utah. And God has birthed in their heart a desire for a great church in a largely Mormon community where the Mormon church basically owns everything. And it's been difficult and it's been challenging for them. But God is helping them. And several months ago, Judd and I ran into each other and I could not get him off of my mind. The more that I prayed, the more that I thought about the great big offering, the more that I thought about this couple. And what I'm saying to you is we're coming alongside this church to help them be God's people and God's voice in a Mormon community. The picture at the very bottom is Ryan and Keisha Lennon and their children. They are our missionaries in Chang Rae, Thailand. They're watching today as well. This young couple who are from Canton, Ohio, felt a call of God a few years ago and they went to Thailand and spent several years there but their children just had such a difficult time adapting to the culture. They came home, continued to raise money with a passion to go back and this past year they have gone back with their family to Thailand. They're working there in a Christian school training and teaching the missionaries' children of the country of Thailand and God is working and we are helping them to do the work of ministry there. You don't have a picture of this, but some time ago when the elders were meeting, the, the head elder, the potentate, Tyree, Don Tyree, he said, Pastor, I'm with you. I'm with you on all this stuff. If you do me a favor, would you make sure that this church is involved with the country of Israel? I said, absolutely, God. So I started looking and I started talking. Started trying to find a project in Israel that we could be a part of. And I found one. It's a school called the Abud Christian School. It's situated on the Mount of Olives outside of Jerusalem. It's run by missionaries associated with our particular denomination. But it is a school for Arab children. Arab children, Palestinian children are coming there and they're being taught the basic educational fundamentals by Christian missionaries. And what I was told is that this ministry, as much as any at this particular time, needs churches that will come alongside them. And I thought, there's Don Tyree's connection. A boot. A school for Arab children. To reach the least of these. Not only with meals and clothing and schooling. But with the gospel story. And so we'll be working in those four areas. And maybe others as we go along. We're continuing to support a missionary. That some of you are supporting in Prague, Czech Republic. Michelle St. Luth I think is her name. And we'll continue to work with Michelle. We're not cutting that off. 
But here's what I'm saying to us. That church must be as it is now. What I mean by that is that we must seize the now moment to be the church that God is calling us to be now. Not yesterday, now. The church that God is calling us to be involved. So when you, when you give offerings to the great big offering, that's what you're doing. You're helping us to be the church now. You're helping equipment and technology to take the gospel to the world. You're helping to support missionaries and ministries and churches that we are partnering with for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what I want to just say as loudly as I can that there is a fresh wind that is blowing in our community. There's a fresh wind that's blowing in our hearts spiritually and we need to feel it. We need to embrace it and sense that God is doing something new among us. Here's the last one. At some point, we have to believe God's promises are true. In verse 3, he says, I promise you that what I promised Moses, wherever you put your foot, I'm giving it to you. In verse 7, he said, I promise you that you will be successful in everything you do if you do what I told you to do. In verse 8, he said, I promise you that you will prosper and succeed in all that you do if you obey me. In verse 9, he said, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. When you go to work in the morning, the Lord is with you. When you go home to a house that is hostile to the gospel, the Lord is with you. When you live in the, the house with an abusive spouse, the Lord is with you. When you live in, a, in an environment where you are struggling in your marriage, the Lord is with you. When you're trying to raise difficult children, the Lord is with you. It's the promise of God. And at some point, we have to begin to believe that God's promises are true. So here's the challenge I'm giving you. Come on, Jerome, get ready to play for me. I'm challenging Lake Erie Church this morning. We should expect that we are going to be successful this year. I'm going to say it again. Let's expect that we will be successful this year. Knowing that, let's plan to exceed our expectations. Let's, let's expect to be successful and let's plan to exceed the expectations. Billy Walters teaches exceed the expectations get real about what you need but then expect to exceed the expectations okay God I ask you for $20,000 for the great big offering and I'm expecting that more than $20,000 is coming we have to believe God's promises are true We have to act like I'm challenging Lake Erie Church beginning this morning that in 2021 we will act like God is for us and not against us. We will act like God is for us. Now listen, just get hold on to the bottom of your seat. I'm going to rant a few moments here. I'm tired of the devil distracting our church with the words of politicians who want to threaten our churches. 
I'm tired of the defeatists who tell us that the days of revival and miracles have passed us by. I'm tired of the naysayers who doubt God's power in these days. I'm tired of those that predict our church will never overcome COVID. I've come to tell somebody that God still saves lost people. God still heals sick folk. God still performs miracles, signs, and wonders. Yay! Yeah! God's still on his throne. God still does what he promises. So I'm telling somebody in this room, I'm telling somebody online right now, I'm looking right at you. Your sons and daughters are coming home. Thank you, Jesus. Your sons and daughters are coming home. Willie Morgan, your sons and daughters are coming home. By the grace, by the grace of God, by the power of God. John Cook, God's going to be at work in your son. I'm telling somebody in this house, there is nothing that God cannot do. God keeps his promises. I'm telling somebody in this house, your marriage is going to be healed. Your marriage is going to be healed. I'm telling somebody in this house, there's a better job coming. I'm telling somebody in this house, there's a breakthrough in the financial pressures that you've been under in 2020. I'm telling somebody, there's fresh wind blowing at your house today. I'm telling somebody, there's peace for the anxiety that rests on your shoulders. I'm telling somebody, there's a miracle within the reach of your faith in God's promises. And I'm telling this great church that I love with my heart that the best days for LEC are ahead of us. They're ahead of us. We will realize the destiny that God has. So when I was finishing this up a day or two ago, I remembered a verse that I probably haven't preached from in a long time, and I dug it out. I'm going to put it up on the screen so you can see it. It's the end of Joshua's life. He's finished. He's done what God told him to do. He's accomplished what God said. He's told them, as for me and my house, do what you want to do, but we're going to serve God. I've done what God asked me to do. And then here's what verse 45 says. Not a single one of all of the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything he had spoken came Caleb, can you get that on the screen for me? Is it possible? Not one single one of the good promises the Lord had given to the family of Israel was left unfulfilled. Everything. Everything that he spoke came true. Everything God promised came to pass. You know, one of these days, if Jesus tarries 
I'll die. I'll be buried. There'll be a marker. That'd probably be a good verse. Everything that God promised me came to pass. Not one thing that God ever promised Bill Isaacs did God fail to do. Everything God has promised is going to come true. And I know when I say that, you say, but you don't know how long. I, I know. I know sometimes it's hard waiting on God. 430 years. That's how long they waited. They walked out of Egypt because God keeps His promises. Some of you sitting here this morning, one more time, you need to, do, to dig a little bit deeper and say, I'm not giving up on the promise that God made me. Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church located in Perry, Ohio, about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeeriechurch.com.